What's up, y'all? How y'all feel out there? Hey, Saints and Aints. I hope uh, your teeth are clean on, on this morning, evening, afternoon. That was so random, babe. They teeth? Why they teeth? Because you, you're real close to my face. And so your like proximity to my face made me think of breath, which made me think of teeth. I'm not saying that your your teeth or your breath because, are, are bad. Because that's what I that's how I feel. I feel like you're trying to throw shade. I know that's how it sounded, but that's that's not what I mean. It just made me think of of of, of teeth. It, but you sure you sure my breath don't smell like yesterday? I'm positive on today that your teeth smelled like today. But if it did smell toxic in light of our discussion today, I see the little transition. Then, then I definitely would have told you because y'all be the little transition. We didn't plan that, by the way. Because it just would be a real, real hard to get through this if if, <laughs> if your breath smelled like last week. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 ain't, I shouldn't have to suffer through that kind of. I'm uh, glad I got an honest wife because some people be out here just bad, like letting they. Spouse just how we so how cake. we supposed to succeed at holiness if our spouse got b- bad breath that makes holiness hard. What? No, it does Explain. because I because a part of being holy is loving your neighbor, right? Okay, I see. A part mean. of loving you one is telling you the truth. It's hard to love you if your breath stank. So I need to tell you that so that we can move on. I had a friend; his breath always stunk, and I had to tell him like five times, and I'm like. Why your wife don't tell you that your breath be slapping everybody? But that that's when I start to think maybe there's a disorder or there's something there's something behind the scenes that we know not of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so serious. And I really love this guy, but he smells like he swallowed something dead. No, I th- I think I think the person you're talking about, I remember uh there was a situation where I smelled their breath from really far away. And that's when it's like, okay, this is this is another kind of level because we're not even close, and I still smell. And the it. person that breath, they probably gonna listen to this, and they don't know they, they, people that breath stink don't know they breath stink. But he know his breath stink because I told him five times. Okay, so he gonna be like, man, you talking about me? But we that well, cool. he definitely <laughs> knows who he is now. <laughs> He's gonna count. He gonna oh, text he did, me. Preston did tell me that my he, breath stink five times. He gonna text me. I'm like, well, you know your breath stink. By the third time, that was just pride. You you just don't want to fix the problem here. Anyway, anyway, uh, we talking <laughs> about toxic. Toxic friendships in particular. Uh, you told me a couple of days ago that you you actually just heard about this saying. Yeah, when you brought the uh, this topic for the podcast, I was like, you know what? This is kind of new to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I I don't know. I just I, the the phrasing of toxic and the, all of this toxic friendship and toxic relationships. This is kind of new to me. Do to you think that's because of like it's a? Do you think it's a female thing? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that because I none of my guy friends walk around like, bro, he toxic. You know what I'm <laughs> they never walk around t- saying that. So I'm like, this is it a female? Is it a female thing? Do you think it's more of a female thing than a, than a I, man? I think man the thing? wording is. I don't think the circumstances are. Oh, because some dudes be cutting people off. Yeah, everybody has difficult relationships. I just think women are more, more likely to call something toxic than a man is. Um, a man just gonna be like, man, it, man, it, he tripping, tripping. He bogus. Yeah, don't, don't mess with him. That's he what on some other. So. Let's define it. Uh, I'm on Psychology Today. This is their definition of toxic relationships. It says a toxic relationship is any relationship that is unfavorable to you or others. I think that's pretty broad. I think my immediate thought is 
what do we mean by unfavorable? Like, how do we define that? And so they've, they've broken it down into some traits of what toxic relationships are. They say, uh, toxic relationships are unfavorable, unhealthy, unwholesome, hazardous, poisonous, deadly, injurious. It sounds very dangerous. Yeah. It sounds like a lot. Um, I think my thing is though, on social media, the, the place where we see the most about toxic relationships, whether that's little quotes or, you know, little captions, is pretty general to me that my interpretation of how people use toxic relationships is really any relationship that is exhausting, that you might be presuming is seasonal because it's draining you of your energy and your mental capacity and you just like, you know what, I'm over it. That That's what I get. Basically, when you say over it, like, um, I'm cutting you off because I just I'm I, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. Yeah. There, there. I pulled up some quotes on Pinterest. Here's one quote uh, that's under the banner of toxic friendships. It says, "I usually give people more chances than they deserve, but once I'm done, I'm done. I'm done. Done. That's how I when I see these quotes about toxic friendships. That's what people are usually saying. Here's here's another one. It says, "You are allowed to terminate toxic relationships. You are allowed to walk away from people who hurt you. You are allowed to be angry and selfish and unforgiving. You don't owe anyone an explanation for taking care of yourself." Mm-mm. That's not biblical. Well, I think a fair assessment would be, "Yes, you are allowed to be hurt. Yes, there are circumstances where you will be angry." But how does the Bible, how does the Holy Spirit, how does the gospel um, change how you should respond in light of your anger and in light of your pain? I think that's really the question. Here's another one. Um, It says, do not surround yourself with people who are not teachable. So the way Jesus and the disciples were set up, (laughs) I don't really know how that would apply. Yeah, that's all Jesus literally did was surround himself around people who was... So yeah, so I guess my thought in in this in talking about toxic friendships is that a lot of the language around it it just seems kind of self-centered. If do you think that would be a fair assessment? Yeah, in in a lot, in a lot of ways, yes. I I never want to just dismiss people who feel like they're in dangerous situations, but for the most part, especially on IG when I've seen it lately, it, it definitely seems self-centered. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Especially when it says like you have a right to be selfish or don't surround yourself with people who are not teachable. Um, Because I think what that might do is it just makes us people who only want people in our world that are easy. Mm. And I think that's like convenient. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because I know for me, like I would rather, I would prefer To have friendships and people in my space that don't exhaust me, that don't drain me, that don't take work. And there's uh, there's different friends. There are some friends that require a lot of work. There are some friendships that come really easy. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I think with this toxic friendship language, it could be easy for me to say, oh, if I I have to work to maintain this friendship, I need to cut this off. When Mm. it's like, is that, is, I'm not saying that that's, that's not what God is calling you to do, but in light of forbearance, which is a fruit of the spirit, in light of love, uh, love hopes the best, love uh, endures all things, things like that. It is that understanding of love, like shaping how I understand my friendship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, because so I will say a lot right now, but I feel like I can't because my men friends, 
<laughs> literally don't go don't go through this. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm trying to like interject, but I'm just gonna be real. I don't know what to say. Okay. <laughs> so I'll talk. <laughs> okay. I know one thing that I've thought about how I've thought about how like I think the label of toxic friendship is too general. And I think because of its uh the general nature of it, I think it eliminates room for nuance and even just uh clarity on how to respond. So my what I mean is there are some relationships that are being called toxic that are actually dangerous mm. where your life is being threatened and your safety is at risk. This relationship, when it's labeled dangerous and not just toxic, then you know, okay, how I respond to danger is I remove myself from this situation. I get uh, police involved. I get, you know, I do, I put around, I put certain measures around this person in light of the fact that they're dangerous. So would you say that some people are confusing the two? Yeah, because we're using toxic and it's just, it's not specific enough. Yes. But there's also some people who we're calling toxic, but what they really mean is, no, they're just irritating. Yeah. They irk you. <laughs> right. They frustrate you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it isn't that they're toxic, like they're poisonous. It's that you just don't have the energy to deal with the different personality type that they have that's clashing against yours. Yeah. And so now that we recognize, no, this is an issue of irritability, that how do we apply love to how we respond to this person? That's good, man. So using categories instead of just saying toxic, I think would give us way more um, understanding on on what the heck to do. Yeah, yeah. And um, are there pastors and leaders on pulpits kind of teaching this stuff? Have you seen that? I've seen Christian influencers. I can't speak to 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 pastors, but but are they teaching in a way that's like that's low key seeming biblical? Like you know, probably yeah. I, th- I think I think it's a lot of like there's a season for everybody language, and in in a sense, I don't think all friendships are meant to last forever. Like yeah. I have friendships that. They're still, we're still cordial. We still love each other, but we we're in different life stages. I'm in different cities. Everybody, so, I have that. Everybody you know what I'm saying? That. So that's fine. I just think it's problematic when we use season language as an excuse to walk in lovelessness. Mm. That's my problem because me, my default, like I'm one of those people. When I was in high school, it was easy for me to cut people off. Mm. Not a problem. Chop chop. You gone. Uh, I might give you one chance. After that one chance, you didn't show yourself to be unloyal or you did something that I thought was bogus. And and by bogus, I don't even mean like they, I don't know, they stole my MySpace password. It's like they did something that triggered some type of distrust in me. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. I wouldn't even ask for clarity. I wouldn't even see if I'm misinterpreting their actions. I would just cut them off. And so because of that, when I became a Christian and I had these friendships that the same thing might come up where I'm tempted now to disassociate myself from somebody. Now I have to recognize, oh, my default is to respond to difficulty in a worldly way. And a worldly way is to run. This is really intriguing. I'm really learning a lot. Are you? It's, it, 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 you should know this about me already. Yeah, it's, well, not necessarily about you, but just about this whole toxic thing that's happening right now this whole conversation (laughs) Uh, i sound really old and out of touch but i I think i think in order for you to cut somebody off you they would have to be in your life you know in the first place and i don't know just with my brothers i mean we've been through things and we've had 
um, you know, hard things to get over. Uh, I had a couple of friends that I felt like was jealous of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think you can label that toxic. Like, you know, if somebody's jealous of you and, they, and you feel sure. like they're, yeah. Um, but one of the things that I, I didn't want to do was to completely cut him off because I valued him as a friend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look at this one aspect of his jealousy to be deemed as toxic to the point where I would just cut him off on my life period Mm -hmm. and because of that like he eventually you know confessed to me in his in his you know in his own timing that he was jealous of me Mm -hmm. and we were able to get through that so my thing is i feel like if you don't give somebody the chance to grow how how do you think a, a friendship is supposed to progress if if you have this whole i guess cut off thing that mm-hmm. people are, are doing now yeah and i'm not saying like somebody who's years and years and years of just like bringing danger and just craziness to your life but i'm just saying like if somebody's not benefiting you in the season or somebody's hating on you in the season or whatever uh, to not have no long suffering or no patience with them how do you how do you how do you think the relationship is supposed to grow yeah. if you just cut them off? Because truth be told, it, it's in our nature to be dysfunctional in relationships. I mean, one of the first uh, evidences of sin was in Adam blaming Eve, his wife, for his sin. There was there was an element of dysfunction. There, were, mm-hmm. there was a there was a brokenness in the relationship. Then you got Cain and Abel, one of them killing the other one. You know what I'm saying? Then you got uh, Potiphar's wife uh, trying to manipulate Joseph into sleeping with her and then lying on him. Like what sin has done has naturally just frustrated and not allowed peace to reign in relationships between two humans. And so we have a lot of baggage that we bring into all of our relationships because of our sin. But not only that, if you look at the life of Jesus, who had these very close, intimate relationships, and he rolled with 12 men, but one of the men that he rolled with, namely Judas. Do you think Judas was the most toxic? Well, I mean, it could be- Because Peter was was fake. That's that's what I was was just about to say. (laughs) Real and fake at the same time. I think Peter was was very honest and, 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 and impulsive, but I think that- he had some fake tendencies. Someone you never portrayed this man, and then before the roots crow, you was like, "No, nah, I don't know what to do." And you know he cursed. And he, and he cursed, <laughs> right? But I think, I think, I think Peter, um, I think Peter loved God. Mm-hmm. I don't think Judas even never even knew God. I never agree. knew Jesus. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that um, because he never really knew. God like knew him in terms of yeah, faith, faith, conversion, conversion. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think Judas's eyes was open to the reality of who Christ was like Peter's was. I think because of that, he wasn't able to like love God like the other disciples did. But I don't think Jesus cut him off as early as we would have cut him off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We would have, if we would have saw what Jesus saw in Judas a long time ago, we oh, would have yeah. cut him off. Yeah. It's all, it's always like challenged me. The fact that Jesus knew Judas would betray him and he still washed his feet. Absolutely. Yes. He still gave him the money back. Yeah. Knowing he was a thief. Yeah. This is God. He has full awareness of what's happening. And some may say, well, would, when Jesus told Judas at the table, you know, um, Judas, what you're about to go do, go do it quickly. And, you know, uh, I think the next verse, it says Satan entered into Judas right. and all of this stuff. That That's that's when Jesus cut him off. But I think Jesus, in his foreknowledge. He gave him over. He gave him over, yeah. right? And it's, and it's time. But at the same time, you still see saw Jesus literally walk with this man, his whole ministry. Even though he was, quote unquote, toxic, he didn't. 
he didn't he didn't cut them off. And I think I think what we get out of that story is how Jesus loves somebody that is hard to love, hmm. and how Jesus bared with someone who didn't necessarily love him back. Mm-hmm. And I think he still he still served him. And I think we as Christians can do the same thing. Yeah, I th- uh, I, and that's difficult. It really is because ooh, the thing about friends that are hard is that they is irky it just it just takes a lot of time especially people who can seem you know those friends that like are a little bit irrational yeah you know like they're we've had a couple of them yeah they're they're (laughs) they're in their head about you and it's like the stuff they think you're doing or think you're saying is not even reality and so I think that's why there's a huge need for, for like, I think people emphasize communication in marriage a lot, but we need the same thing in uh, friendships. Yeah. Marriage ain't nothing but a, a a real deep friendship under God where people have sex. Yeah. But, but that's really deep that you said that because speaking of marriage, like if, if I were to listen to a lot of my brothers who saw and had witnessed our courtship. I would have cut you off. I would have thought she was toxic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because a lot of a lot of low key brothers in my life was like, "Yo, like Jackie is difficult." But truth be told, by definition, all of us are toxic. All of us yes. are blemished, and all of us have issues that we bring into any relationship that we have. Yeah. And so I think to assume that anybody will be perfect is unfair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think there is a difference. There are some people that are uniquely way more difficult than somebody else. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm glad you didn't cut me off. Thank you. <laughs> I cut you off? <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, they told you to cut me off and you didn't. Oh, gotcha. I'm saying thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you, I caught you off in the conversation. No, you didn't. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I literally remember praying about the difficulties in our, uh, in our courtship. And I felt like God was saying to my heart, I'm calling you to love her, not like you, but like me, mm. unconditionally. And that's why I put it in the covenant poem mm-hmm. uh, when I proposed to you, because that was like a real thing. And I feel, uh, of course, that's different, right? Because it's kind of unique because it's a courtship right. slash marriage, right? But I think the same thing can apply to anybody who has a hard relationship in their life where God might be telling you, I actually put this difficult person in your life, not just to help sanctify you, mm-hmm. right? But also to help them, mm-hmm. right? To help grow them. And I think that's what hard relationships do. Mm-hmm. I think it stretches us. I think it, it I think it helps us to be more patient and loving. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because if, if everybody, I read in this book one time, um, this is about, about marriage, but in the book it said, if God gave us a spouse that met our every condition, we would never learn how to love unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that's the same thing with these hard relationships that we automatically deem as toxic. Like, don't underestimate what God is doing with you through these hard relationships. Hmm. And if you cut them off, I don't think he'll be able to to do it. Because I think what we want in a lot of ways is just a free ride. We want to just breeze through this life. Uh, with with no difficulties, no no hard relationships, nobody stressing us out, and that's just not what the because, body of Christ is. Because humans are lazy, we really are. Like yeah. we 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 don't like to work. Yeah, and and that's not to say that we are uh, gluttons for punishment. Like have the hardest friendships you could possibly have, but it is to say that I know myself enough to know that I don't want to work to get to the other side where God might be in this friendship. You know what I'm saying? Cause like there, there is, there is some beauty and there is some growth because 
if I defaulted to my natural disposition of cutting people off easily, I think my own maturity would have been stunted. Like my own uh, ability to persevere in relationships, my own ability to even see how God can help me. Because there's, there's like, there's sometimes where you have this like, I don't have enough patience for this person. Like you'll say that to yourself, right? Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit is saying, no, patience is a fruit of me. I have more than enough patience to give. And perhaps there are some circumstances where God is saying, I actually want to, I want to show myself strong in you and grow your love for your neighbor. Your friend is your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I've given you this particular friendship as a means of sanctification in you. And that's what makes it beneficial. But you would rather skip the difficulty or you would rather skip the hardship of fighting for the joy that can be found in intimacy. Uh, or, fight, or fighting for the joy that can be found in these hard friendships and you're missing out you're missing out on knowing me more experiencing me more and you're missing out on what i have for you in this friendship if you just fight through it yeah that's not all friendships but there's some because like in genesis one god says that it's not good for a man to be alone and that doesn't just extend out into his relationship with eve that speaks to community friendship is a kind of community mm -hmm. and so there's some goodness to be found in friendships and some of my friendships that have had difficulty or tension when we work through that thing we have a deeper friendship than we did before that's and i think preach. that's i think that's beautiful yeah that'll preach that'll preach and I, yeah, I think we've all been guilty of this. I know I've been guilty. I can't even sit here in front that I haven't been all of us guilty. I mean, it's been it's been times when you was like Preston. Now you know you could work a little harder to, to reach back out. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I've I've done I've said the same thing to you. You know what I'm saying? Now, I do think that we just have to do the hard work of of loving somebody when it gets hard. Yeah. And I think sometimes we low key bias. What do you mean? We bias uh, when it comes to who to bear with and who not to bear with. Oh, right. Yeah. We pick and choose. Especially depending on how long I've been your friend. Right. My friends I've been with friends with for a decade, they'll get way more energy out of me. Absolutely. Than somebody I met last year. If you ain't want to be with them in the first place, you real quick to call them toxic. Yeah. It's like um Shamika then um stole your boyfriend <laughs> twice, but y'all still best friends. <laughs> you know That's true. You know what I'm saying? I think I think we have a lot of biasness in it as well. And I think that just reveals our hearts. Not, yeah. It's not them. It's you. you know what I'm saying, yeah, that's that. That's true. Do you think that there are some cases where cutting or cutting someone off or distancing yourself from somebody who's a friend is actually wise to do? Do you think there are certain circumstances? And we're not again. We're not talking about relationships that are dangerous. We're talking about relationships that might be burdensome, or hard, or difficult, or irky, or they get on your nerves, or their personality clashes with yours, or, or they're causing stress in your life, like those kind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason why is because I think when we, when we talk about this community, uh, and we talk about being in community with somebody and making this decision whether we should cut somebody off or not, or when I say cut somebody off, like stop dealing with them in close you're intimacy. Just, you're just done. Yeah, when you're just done. I think we should ask ourselves, are we truly doing something for the benefit of somebody else or are we just doing it out of our own selfish gain or our own feelings that we're in mm -hmm. right because i think sometimes cutting somebody off or not being as close friends with somebody could be beneficial to them mm. it could help them um to grow because i think a lot of times our friendship just by default is it enables people 
And I think it, it's like a crutch for people. I've had that where I've been friends with somebody and I felt like I was an idol. Mm. I felt like they esteemed, I've had that too, yeah. I felt like they esteemed my opinion too much. Mm. I felt like what I said and what I didn't say affected them too much. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think me being in their life like that was beneficial to them. Mm. But I, I didn't I didn't necessarily cut them off. Yeah. Um because they irritated me, even though it irritated me. I was like, you know what? This is not healthy mm-hmm. for, 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 for me. And even when I became a new believer, like I had somebody in my life where I, God had to distance me from because their opinion, I esteemed their opinion too high. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think cutting somebody off is not always a bad thing, but the motive, but the motive, I think we should ask ourselves, what's the motive behind it? It's the motive like our own selfish I, I think that was wise to say because I think this isn't talked about enough. And shout out to Kelly Needham; she actually has a book uh, coming out called Friendish. I would I would check that out. Um, but I I think there's inordinate relationships, especially among women. I don't think is addressed enough. Mm. Where that's a kind of relationship that might need to be cut. Um, because explain what do you mean by that. So for me, when I became a Christian, I had a friend who we were really cool and really close, but it low key became a situation where it's, we're functioning like, it's like really intimate without sex. And so Mm. we call each other all the time, or we talk to each other about everything and we do everything together. And that's low key could be toxic in some ways. I think it is. I think it's, I think it's unhealthy, healthy. And I think it's, it's low key bordering on sin, if not sin as it is. You know what I'm saying? And I think I've seen that whether you're a lesbian, not, not a lesbian, irregardless, I think women have an emotional connection to other women that if it's not guarded, or not um, called out for what it is, I think that can lead to, to the sort of friendships that are just unhealthy. Um, and so for me, me and that person in particular, we had to cut each other off because it was like, I feel like we're sinning against God because I think the danger in women or female inordinate relationships is that it looks normal. You just look like BFFs. You just like best friends. Mm. So nobody can see it and say, oh, y'all need to stop y'all need to you know what i'm saying is it'd be different if they were two head like if it was a man and a woman functioning that way it's like so are y'all dating or y'all not but because it's two girls nobody could notice it and so it's, it's a lot more sinister and subtle those kinds of relationships for sure are ones that i think need to be addressed yeah and, and, that's, and that's, cut. i think that's deep what you said because i think what you basically said was is if if you have a relationship in your life that causes you to sin to sin or to <laughs> or to displease god yeah. in your in your actions or your interactions with somebody mm-hmm. i think that's when you can safely say this is toxic because yeah. um it puts me in danger mm-hmm. of of the only one that really does matter which is the the, mm-hmm. the opinion of my, my heavenly father and i think to be even more specific coming back to putting things in their proper category if we use the general label toxic sure I think if we make it specific, idolatry, yes. And so I think labeling it, a, a, a relationship like that where the affections are in, inordinate and unhealthy, I think when you label it an idol, an idol as in I am giving more energy and esteem and uh, time to this than I do God, his word, his mm. His church, fellowship, prayer, 
um, then now I see, oh, I need to treat this how you treat idols. Yeah, you know what's <laughs> deep though, babe? It, it seems as if a lot of people don't deem things toxic when it comes to their own heart. Because hmm. I think I think That's a good point. what we see all the time is people always talking about toxic when it comes to what another person is doing. Hmm. But a lot of times things are toxic because like we have un- unhealthy relationships because our, our heart. Because mm, we can be the toxic ones too, is yes. what, what you're saying. Yeah, because we can be the toxic ones. And that's the reason why we allow toxic people to come into our lives. Perhaps, yeah. Because we attract this, you know what I'm saying? And I think uh, it's, it can very people well be, be changing up too. So, babe, I got a question. To not cut somebody off, what are some boundaries we can set um, for ourselves to make sure uh, we are in a healthy situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think com- communication, uh, to repeat this point, is a big deal. And so for me personally, and in my friendships that have had tension or um, confusion or just just things got weird, uh, we had to have a talk because I think it's immature. It would be immature of me to distance myself from somebody without even giving them the chance to know what it is that they did mm. that is causing causing me to distance myself. Because most likely, if I'm wanting to cut them off or wanting to distance myself or wanting to make this relationship seasonal, it isn't simply they did X, Y, and Z. Is that how they did what they did hurt me? Yeah. Let me communicate that hurt. And I think that's fair. And it gives them the chance to repent and grow because I've actually confessed how they made me feel. That's good. Uh, or vice versa. Yeah. Or it, or let me come to them and say, hey, things have been a little strange, been a little weird. Have I done anything that has caused some tension between us? Like me posturing myself in a place of uh, being teachable so that maybe it's on me. Maybe mm. I did something and I just don't know. Um, so I think communication is huge. Then there's some friends that uh, we talked about this earlier, like those friends who have an invisible friend contract that you, <laughs> that they, they drafted up in Microsoft word or, uh, or pages or, and, or deem you as a friend way more than you even, yeah, way, way more than y'all established. That's way more awkward. Where it's like, they, they think y'all besties, but y'all not really besties. Y'all, y'all were like three weeks ago. Yeah, like and I don't, seen y'all three. Times. I ain't even text you back. Like how you? How, why you think we besties? Um, <laughs> but I think communicating boundaries in the sense of, hey, friend, this is how you've made me feel. Moving forward, how can we grow from this? What do I? What do I need to do to communicate better? What can you do to communicate better? What are the expectations that you have with this friendship? This is as much as I can give to accommodate your expectations. So, for example, because of my life stage as a wife, as a mother, as a writer, artist, my time is thin and it's limited. And so if I have a friend that says, Hey, these are, these are my expectations. I could say because of my life stage, because of all that I have to give to this, I can do my best to accommodate your expectations in this way. And my prayer is that my best is seen as my best to you that where that you hope the best and don't say that I'm only giving a little when really all that I'm giving is all I can give considering all that I'm already doing. It makes does a lot does of that sense. make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And so communicating expectations is huge. Communicating pain, communicating hurt, putting myself in the position to recognize that maybe the weirdness in the relationship is on me and not them. Yeah. Um, and being humble enough to say, I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Yeah, that, I'll change. Yeah, that's, a, that's what I was just about to say. I, I think what I, what I hear you communicating is 
I think it has to be a level of humility yes. on your part to like really investigate why this person is difficult in this season. And it might be you. Yes. And and, and doing some Cause and doing assumptions some, will always break up friendships. Yeah, yeah. Doing some digging and, and, and doing some 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 hard work and self reflecting can really help. Uh that's 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 good, babe. I don't really have nothing else to say. Yeah. I'm so, done done. <laughs> so I guess the close to that would be, man, like God himself has given us friendships. You know, he even calls our relationship with him friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's beauty and goodness and sanctification and growth to be found in our friends. And I would assume that the powers that be, the devil, uh, would prefer for us to be alone, would prefer for us to cut off and distance ourselves from the people that God perhaps might have sent our way to grow us and shape us and to just be good to us. Like friendships are not just about sanctity or, or being sanctified, but they're also about joy. My friendships allow me to enjoy life Mm. in a way that loneliness would not or isolation would not. And so I think working through the particular friendships that we have um, is a meaningful work and a worthy work. And I guess the challenge is do the work because like God is with you in it. And um, I don't know. And I'll just I'll just quickly say that like we were once enemies of God. But I think God in his goodness, instead of destroying us or um, cutting us off when we sinned against him, what he did was he sent his son to come and to dwell in human history. And what he did was he opened his arms and he said, instead of cutting this, this, these people off who have been enemies of mine, who have disobeyed me, I'm going to open my my arms and, 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 and welcome them into fellowship with me. Um, and I think that we became friends with Christ because he didn't cut us off, but he said, you know what, come, come dying with me. And, um, I think if we do the same, we can give a lot more people in our lives opportunities to who were once toxic to be friends. And so, yeah. Where would I be without you? I only, I only think, think about, about you. People who don't listen to 2000 hip hop is so confused right now. Well, let me end with the scripture just in case they are. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and the brother is born for adversity. Love your friends. Love y'all. Love God. Bye. Yeah.